On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk. Let's talk about the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Uh, that's a body that you might be familiar with in name at least because that's the body which organises the Golden Globe Awards every year. What you might not have realised is that in the last couple of months it's been bought. It's been acquired by a consortium of investors, among them the Chelsea Football Club owner Todd Bowley. But the intention of these news investors is not to uh, try and commercialise the Golden Globes but rather in part to shut the Foreign Association down entirely. Uh, Maureen Ryan is the author of Burn It Down, Power, Complicity and a Call for Change in Hollywood. She's a contributor uh, to Vanity Fair. Uh, Maureen, thanks for joining us. Uh, we, we might start off with a, a big question just to get people primed. What exactly is so controversial about the Hollywood Farm Press Association? Well, you know, it's often been said basically that they can be more or less bought. And and actually, I've I've met a few folks who've been part of it. It's a very mysterious group. It's actually very difficult to know who's in it. Um, and they the, the 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 general assumption is that if you wind them and dime them enough and do enough events with big big stars um you can essentially kind of ensure that your film or your performance gets some kind of attention and now it being there, so there was always the implication there's sort of um money um overtly or covertly changing hands and now i guess in the new organization they will be um paid a salary but the strange thing is from what i understand and this is again from news reports i haven't done my own reporting some folks will be getting a salary but some will not including the newer members that they brought on board to diversify the ranks because that was another charge against the organization for years yes that that, that it was very white and wasn't very diverse yeah exactly exactly so yeah so the so people will now un, under the reconstitution of the way in which this is all going to be reformed. You'll have people who are paid to be members of the new mm-hmm. Hollywood Foreign Press Association. That sort of feel like that they're they're basically getting paid for for the presence of doing their jobs. That if some other uh, foreign news outlet has paid for you to be in Hollywood, that this organization mm-hmm. is now going to pay you on on the double. Is that what's going to happen? I don't know actually, because again, they're very. Um secretive about who's in it and always the, the the idea was who who are they working for do you know what i mean like they, no one was quite 100 percent sure and so you know maybe in a way you know over here in america we have sort of college athletes that many people think should be paid it, it there, there's this sort of pose that oh these are amateur athletes but in fact their games are being sold they're they're on the television that kind of thing so so maybe the formalization of the pay in a way is basically accepting the idea that these people were always getting compensation of some kind and now it's just more official Mm. it's just a very odd setup and, and and also it being owned by a private company that from what i understand will also own several publications that cover the industry. So there's just a lot of shadiness around the organization to begin with. And now, in my opinion, personally, I think it's just a different form of shadiness. It's taking a different shape, but it still seems very uh, opaque and hard to understand and maybe a little bit manip- or, or a lot uh, able to be manipulated yeah, if you well, will. I was going to say because it, it doesn't sound like it's a real panacea or a real uh, blank new page for, for a troubled institution if the body that's going to be presenting the awards is populated by the same people who right. already own the awards if you own the awards and you own the organisations that vote for the awards then it doesn't seem like it's a very egalitarian like meritocracy it sort of seems that exactly. you basically give it to whoever you want 
Right. And so like I've been part of different groups that give awards and the, the thing about the groups that I've have joined and been part of and some you know sometimes I've quit I I quit the Critics Choice Awards at one point because it just seemed like certain parties had undue influence over it so I'm not against the idea of giving awards or recognizing good works or you know at the Golden Globes the idea is everyone goes out and has a drink and has a good laugh and like it's a fun broadcast Mm. often but the point Ricky Gervais takes takes the mick out of some people and everyone is very self-effacing and it's all very lovely yeah yeah and there's loads of champagne on the tables and everyone's getting a little bit you know (laughs) a little bit Mm. <laughs> free and easy and having a good time but but the thing about the organizations that I think give awards that people take more seriously in terms of um, the credibility is there's transparency about who is in it and the voting body and the composition of the voting body and how it all works and and again most many awards can be manipulated to some degree not all surprisingly enough but this group seems especially prone to that and and again like it's it is a multi-million dollar uh broadcast hmm. it's a large it's a it's very well uh it used to be you know pretty influential in the awards cycle and then there was a series of scandals there's always been a series of scandals about who's being paid what what kind of compensation are they getting is this all being manipulated but then the whole issue with who is in the organization and how you know what is the composition of that Mm. group and and why are the same people only getting nominated and so forth so i I don't know this is an attempt to clean up the house I feel that uh, just dumped a load more dirt in a different room. Okay. <laughs> well, pair the, the curtain back for us a little bit here because um, if you're looking at the, the Golden Globes and what it awards, so it, mm-hmm. it's it's a sort of a film and TV awards voted for by members of the foreign press, or at least that was the idea. And I totally right. take on board that the the composition of the, the electorate was a bit vague and it's hard to know exactly who was, was giving the awards. But when you already have the Academy Awards for movies and you've already got the mm-hmm. Emmys for stuff that's on TV then what is the purpose or what's the place of there being another separate sort of supplementary, you know, everyone's second favourite award for all those categories, other than it just being a profiteering racket for the people who run it? Well, the thing about the awards process is that um, the reason you see so much money, and now there are specialist publicists in all these specialist companies who uh, basically are paid to get people noticed, get people awards, get them nominations. They really can help people's careers. And that's the odd thing about it is that, you know, we might sort of, for for a long time amongst journalists, especially in the U.S. who cover the industry, it was viewed as a little bit of a joke, but uh, it's a very influential joke, if you like. Mm. You know, it's it's just, you your your career can be changed by the Globes noticing it. And what I will say about the Globes is a bit of a positive because I have been you know, um, having a go at them in this <laughs> segment, yeah. but they oftentimes recognized things that were not being recognized as much, like a, a sort of a cult buzz comedy or a, a smaller project um, could get noticed by the Globes because, you know, certain committees that were starting the nomination process for the Globes did pay more attention to what was being buzzed about in the culture. So the the, the Globes can actually be a very influential thing. It can okay. help a show not get cancelled or get noticed more or get actors get more work and get bigger, higher profile projects. Uh, and, so if, it and if it's matters. if it's influential on the, the award cycle as well, then there's there's a chance that I suppose on the flip side this is a bad thing as much as a good one. That if if the Globes were more open to 
impropriety or people basically buttering up the judges in that sort of way that you could butter up the judges for the Globes get yourself nominated for the Golden Globes maybe even win one and then suddenly there's all this Oscar buzz and you've got it just because you you buttered up a very small awards committee and that's it's really viewed as a runway you know and it's sort of like a plane uh, picking up speed as it goes down a runway there's a whole cycle of awards and the Globes is one of the bigger stops that can give you that trajectory and give you that boost into the next level of Oscars and things like that. Mm. Um, what do you make just on a broader um, Hollywood or California uh, mode right now of the the ongoing uh, writer strike and, and the, the perception that at least at the time that we were recording this, there doesn't appear to be any obvious sign of, of progress in the near future? Well, I think that this is really going to be a long strike. It's it's a baked-in conflict because what you've seen in the last 10 years, certainly in the American entertainment industry, is uh, you know the amount of scripted television, English language aimed at American consumers tripled in the last decade. So you would have thought, oh, everyone's you know working, everyone's making enough money to okay. make ends meet. Is, is that just number- with the rise of Netflix so that you've got suddenly the, just this extra layer of production houses that are now catering to an English-speaking market around the world? Is that kind of thing? Exactly. exactly. Like, it was the streamers who came in, Netflix, Amazon, and Apple. It, they really were, they had very deep pockets. And so there's a, an explosion in production of film and TV. But the income of writers went down because the amount of episodes per season went down. I know many people who are struggling, and I think that there's a really popular stereotype of a Hollywood writer, you know, living in a mansion, you know, with a pool out and back. The most people in the industry, and I hope that this is what people are taking away from the strike, are just making ends meet. And in the time I've covered the industry, which is, you know, I w- the first TV set that I ever visited was the X-Files back in the 90s. So that kind of dates me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've been in this for a while. Um, it's actually diff- more housing prices have gone up in LA. The cost of living in production centers, including London and Dublin, rents have gone up. You know, Atlanta, Vancouver, wherever you talk about where there's a lot of film and TV production, yeah. rents and expenses have gone up, but often the income of writers has gone down or been stagnant. And the, the problem with uh, the strike at the moment, compared to a different strike that I covered 15 years ago, yeah. The you know to to Amazon film and TV production is a rounding error on their overall corporate budget. They don't care. Yeah. You know, there's no real motivation for them to come back to the table. Same with I, I would argue Netflix and with Apple and with some of the other players in the game. They're they're in a lot of businesses and televised entertainment or streaming entertainment. That's just a small slice of it. And they do believe, especially because they're now importing content from all over the world, making content all over the world, they seem to have the position, we don't need to go back to the table with these people because we've got uh, a lot of stuff in the pipeline coming from all over the world. Maybe it was that visit to the set of the X-Files that gets you into a journalist. Maybe you saw the sign that says the truth is out there. Uh, and that's what motivated you into it. Um, great to talk to you, Mo. Thanks so much for joining us today uh, on the record. I know that uh, Burn It Down, Power, Complicity and A Call for Change in Hollywood uh, is really getting some remarkable reviews. So really appreciate your time. Maureen Ryan is a contributing editor to Vanity Fair and the author of Burn It Down, Power, Complicity and A Call for Change in Hollywood. On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.